All right, everyone, welcome to the Respect the Math podcast. I'm your host, Digital David Snyder. And uh, this uh, episode is brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at reliabletech, that's T-E-K, help.com. And today our guest is Brittany Murphy. Welcome to the Respect the Math podcast, where we talk about everything from technology to business to science to popular culture and more. Thank you for being here, Brittany. Please tell us more about yourself. Thanks for having me, David. Mm -hmm. So I am the marketing director for a local digital marketing company. So a lot of marketing words in there. But mainly what I do is I'm the person that creates a strategy when we're trying to make sure that a new business or an existing business can get found on the Internet and get more clients. So that has been the role I've had for the last eight years this year. Wow, it's been that long. Yes, surprisingly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. So give us more details about One Thing Marketing and what's an ideal client for you and how do you, you help your customers and what sets you apart Yeah, definitely. from the so, competition. So I would like to give a little backstory very briefly about our company. So I'm a partner in it, but my other partner I work with, his name's Dan. So he previously owned a business. It was picture framing. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Before 2008 happened, huh. he looked into marketing. And during yeah. that time frame, he was like, you know what? Maybe one of the best ways for us to get picture frames out there is to create a website and have people find us. Yeah. So if they're looking for it, we can actually be the solution for him. Huh. And Very so, organic. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it, that was kind of the encompassing factor of it. So Dan reached out, found a few marketing companies that were here locally in Louisville, uh, employed one of them to create a website for him and do what he thought was search engine optimization, which uh -huh. I'll refer to as just SEO yeah. <laughs> in the future because that is a little bit of a tongueful. And unfortunately, after paying thousands of dollars, he had a website that if you would see it today, you would laugh at. Yeah. You would think that your very small toddler would have made it for him type of situation. Uh -huh. So unfortunately, kind of got bamboozled and he did all the research himself after that. You know, he kind of felt that he was really taken advantage of, wasn't told the truth. So he decided to find the truth out for himself, educated himself, and then found out in the process, he loves SEO. Wow. He loves websites. Is it safe to assume that people he contracted with signed him up on a long-term contract, over-promised and under-delivered pretty much? Yeah. You see you see that a lot in your industry, uh, industry even till today, right? Sadly, still today. And yeah. the companies that do that are almost all of your big name companies as well now. Wow. So give us some examples of those folks that are out there doing it the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest ones, and I'm trying to make some videos about them so people can find out about it. Yeah. But very easily, Yellow Pages, its new sister company is Thrive. Not that that's new. They've uh -huh. been around for years, but it's still Yellow Pages. Yeah. Thrive, Rev Local, even like your smaller websites, uh, builders at times. What they're doing is they are, yes, promising you a lot of things. It always comes at a very cheap price. Which for a new or local business, that's very appealing. I get it. Marketing is not the least expensive thing you're going to have to be doing with it. So they give you all these things. But the problem a lot of times in the day is, is you're going with a cookie cutter plan when you work with them. Mm -hmm. And if you actually read the fine print on a lot of these, all of the content, everything they've generated for you is not yours. It's their property. Their property. You yeah. just rented it from them for the yeah. price that you were paying monthly or yearly, even if it was low as it was. I have a lot of people who worked with Yellow Pages and Thrive. They're paying very low, like maybe $500 a month. Mm -hmm. When the time they ended, four years later with them, and we were taking them over to actually do some really good marketing for them, Yellow Pages said, that's not your website. Wow. They even own the domain itself? They even went into GoDaddy and changed the name on the account 
to their wow. project manager and not the company who had bought it years prior. Wow. So about the ownership is a huge problem I like to point out to everybody of, you know, I'm not saying you can't use them. Sometimes they fit situation wise, but if you're looking long term for a solution, you're not going to be having that. You are 100% a renter and not an owner when it comes to those things. So anything wow. you're doing to spruce up that rental, you lose it at the very end of it. So it's not a good investment is what I like to tell people about, just to be weary of that portion of it. Yeah, and so you ensure that every client you work with owns all of their intellectual property, the website, the domain, any content you all generate, that's all, all easily set up um, as ownership for the client you're working with. Yes, 100%. So <clears throat> no one loves the technical side. I think you and both and I can agree on that. So when mm -hmm. it comes down to that, we do all the dirty work for them, but we are 100% putting their names on the domain, on the hosting, on their website. Anything that's a digital asset for them, we are making sure they're the owners of it. So even wow. if we help create any entities online, we are able to pass the login information to them afterwards. So whether we're just doing a small project and we're no longer working after that, we're not stealing anything from them. And if we are working with them continually, well, we're doing all these things for them. It's supposed to be done for you as much as possible. But that's the real thing that I do think sets us apart. And a lot of local companies, not saying they don't do that either, but we are 100% adamant because that's all we see all day is people who have paid good money over a course of years and maybe over five years course, they've paid forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And at the end of it, that company is saying, sorry, got we your own, luck. We own your online presence. That's that ours. Nice yeah, I want to backtrack to something you said earlier, which we've known each other for a while. I didn't know this. Dan started the company very organically. He needed a way to promote his framing business at the time, didn't know what to do. But I'm, I'm assuming he's a trusting, decent guy. He trusted this company to do that. And they basically, like you said, under-delivered, under over-promised, uh, overcharged, uh, and locked him into a contract. And I, if, that, if that wasn't good enough, they own all of his online uh, property as well. That's interesting. I would, uh, if you're not already doing that, work that into um, part of, you know, your sales pitch. Just say, hey, this started as a guy solving a problem for his business. And now we do that problem solving for you. I think that's great. Um, one thing I'll also tell people about your company is you can buy a Ferrari or you can buy a Camry. There's nothing wrong with a Camry. It's a great car. You're not selling Camrys. You're selling a premium product and a premium product has a premium price, price tag. I encourage people to not be so price sensitive. What are you getting for what you're spending? And that's called value. And I th think you guys have a great value. Uh, you're not in everyone's budget, but if you have a budget for what you're, um, for, for what you guys are offering, I think it's a tremendous value. You're getting a great product, a great team of people supporting that product, uh, and the peace of mind that comes from knowing that you own all of your online presence. Um, that, that's a really strong sales pitch, you know, from, from where I can see, and it's easy for me to refer people to you. Yeah. And it all depends on what situation they're in, because yes, you're right. We are not going to be the cheapest in town. And, you know, I tell people to just be weary of always the cheapest. You are paying for quality when it comes to this, but we're not the most expensive person either. So when it kind of comes down to what I like to talk to people about when it comes to this is what I'm trying to base your strategy off of, which is ultimately the price of what mm -hmm. we're doing, it's all about the return on investment I think that we can get you. Mm -hmm. So I like to be very honest, very blunt, and I'm even more transparent than I was at the very beginning because I know a lot more. We've worked with so many clients. We know the process. Mm -hmm. We know what needs to be done in what order to make sure that they're getting the results as high as possible. So when it comes down to that, I think that's really important for a lot of businesses to think about. Let's just say, 
try and do some easy math. If something was $50,000, but I could guarantee, and guarantee is a strong word, yeah. do not let anyone say guarantee. That's right. You might want to strike that from the podcast. Immediately suspicious of the guarantee. Yes, automatically be suspicious of the guarantee. Yeah. But the reason I'm putting that strategy together, even if it is that amount, is because I know after a certain course of time, I'm going to get them so much improvement over that. And our first year, usual return on investment is 400%. Wow. So even if you did charge double what you charge, you're getting them the money back in most cases anyways. And uh, any, any income above and beyond that is cash flow positive and profit for them. That, that, that's a huge selling point too. And how many of the guys doing the $1,000 budget website are actually delivering anything near that? Yeah, I actually, I read a blog post from another local SEO company, and I really wanted to congratulate them for what they put in it. But one part was to be weary of anyone with a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly back that. Mm-hmm. The other part is anyone who is doing this for under $1,000, also run. Yeah. Because that's very <laughs> similar to the big national franchise companies, Rev Local, Thrive, those type of guys. Is Yes, yeah. they can offer you something for $700 a month, but again, that fine print. That was a renting for 700 That's why it's a little bit cheaper. It's because at the very end of it, when you're ready to get out of this contract, they know you were locked in. Yeah. I have lost many a clients because we were trying to pull them over, and one of those companies said something that was devastating enough to them, they were afraid they would lose everything. Wow. One of them was threatening their domain name. Wow. Holding it hostage, essentially. Holding it hostage. And wow. I said, we have. don't you... You have the original receipts of when you purchased this years prior to working with them. They're like, yeah, but, you know, their name's on the account. I don't know what to do with that. Wow. And it's all those little hoops that they kind of keep you locked into those things. And the sad thing is that's not the relationship you want with your marketing company. Or anybody for or that Or anybody, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Even entering into a marriage, you don't want to know that you're yeah. doing something where you are locked in to doing only this way and you lose everything if you don't do it the way yeah. that they want. And that leads me to another point I'd like to make. You, you, if, even if someone has the budget to work with you all, you don't work with everyone. You want to find a great fit. You're selective. You don't want to sign somebody up and invest the, the time and the money and not be able to deliver results. Can you talk about that? I know you, you like to specialize in trades, right? Yes. Talk about how selective you are, are and how, how it helps you, you to deliver on what you promise your clients. Yeah, so to kind of begin with, I will wholeheartedly have a free strategy session with any business because what I enjoy doing that actually brings me joy is brainstorming, Mm -hmm. being creative and helping people think of marketing ideas to better their businesses. So from that meeting, I'll be very honest with someone. If I don't feel like I can deliver them the ROI, that return that they're looking for, for putting their good money with us, then I will tell them I'm not your solution. I'm not your fit. Here's some referral partners I'd recommend with it. Wow. You're actually referring them to other people because you know it's not a good fit and you want to deliver on what you... Uh, say you can. Yeah. And okay. there's, there's a lot of businesses, again, in many situations that fit with them. So I do try to put them with the right person because again, if I'm not the right fit, we start a relationship off with, you are not going to be happy at the end of it. And mm-hmm. why would I want to drag you through the coals for however long this partnership's going to be? Yeah. If I knew at the beginning for either side, this was might be a nightmare potentially. Yeah. And so, the more you do this, the better you get at identifying what's a good fit, right? Exactly. Particularly over the long run. Yes. And yeah. so kind of to your question, what we've done Right before COVID hit, funny enough, we started having this conversation in our office of who are we best serving? Who of our clients are the ones that are ranting, raving about how great we are performing for them? And who are they? What do they look like? Well, we found out that a lot of them are actually in the home trade industries. Hmm. 
not by design, just worked out that way, right? It just kind of worked it's out that niche. way. Yeah. yeah. So we did have a lot of clients, even in our Rolodex already, that were in the home trade services arenas. You know, we have roofers, plumbers, electricians. Those are the guys that we really had and the ones sticking with us the longest. And so when we looked at it, we're like, okay, why is this? You know, and, and should this be something we continue to go down? COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And we really kind of looked at it and we realized why we need to go down that avenue is because, well, let's just say that your roof started linking or if your toilet started overflowing so much, well, you know how to turn off the power. You don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So where are you going right when that happens? When trades. your wife's screaming at you? Yeah. Trades, plumbers, roofers, et cetera. How are you finding them? Oh, the internet, of course. Yep. Yeah. So you have that handy dandy little Rolodex in your pocket called a cell phone. Yeah. You go to whatever search engine you're looking at. You type in plumber near me, plumber, Louisville KY. Right. Whoever's popping up. You are calling probably the first two or three people to see who can come out and if they have any quotes available. Because again, you're in a predicament. You have somewhat of an emergency situation you need to take care of. Yeah. Especially if you've been in a home where that's the master bathroom. Now your wife's going to be very upset if the master bathroom's not working. Or that could be the only bathroom in your home. It needs to get fixed immediately. So did COVID kind of accelerate that trajectory you were already on? In that trade space? It solidified it. Yeah. Because when it came down to it, yes, these guys were the essential businesses that were out there running around. The guys with the trucks with the home trade businesses were the ones that everybody's home fixing things for them because now that we're all home, we were seeing all the issues. And we're hyper aware because we're, we're, we're there more. Yeah. And yes, again, that to-do list is getting longer because the people we live with are letting us know all the issues that are coming on. Mm-hmm. So in order to rectify that situation, you were going to Google and you were calling that roofer, that plumber, that electrician to go ahead and do those things for you. And so we found out that a, that's where everybody was going, and B, that was the biggest significant place for them to be marketing-wise, for them to get the business. We knew then and there this was a very good situation because we want to be very niche and very specified and experts in just a few things because mm-hmm. I do feel like you could be a jack of all trades. You're never going to be a great jack. Or a master of any one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and you're spreading yourself way too thin. So I like to kind of really go down that expert level with it. So we really honed in of we're only making sure we have the best converting website designs possible, and we're really focusing on that search engine optimization to make sure our guys can show up when people are looking for these problems and trying to find the solutions on the internet. Those guys could be there. So it really was a perfect harmony of the two worlds blending together of these guys need to be here on Google, and there's always going to be people with problems to their homes, problems to rental properties that just need an expert. And again, the trades, there's not many people in them. Yeah. So, you know, you could still kind of throw a rock and hit an HVAC or a roofing company. I'm not saying there are not yeah. a lot of companies with it, but it's a very specialized service oh, yeah. that you need training in. So it's not like we can just simply do that at our home. We're going to still have to call an expert or just time. It's not up to us. We want to do this. We need it done. We need someone else to do it on that aspect of it. So. Yeah. Those companies who were there when your wife yelled at you and you called them are the ones that got the business. So we want to make sure our guys are the ones that can get that business. And those are the best ways we really found out that's going to work for them. So that's why we would rather prefer if they're interested in social media, if they're interested in videos, if they're interested in traditional marketing, let's put them with an expert in those areas so they're getting the absolute best service, copy, execution that could be done versus, again, working with one agency that spread themselves way too thin. They say they can do everything. It's a one-stop shop but you're paying for that one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. And what you're paying for is a lower return on investment. And that's just what I've seen from the clients we've worked with, seeing their analytics. 
looking at the math and respecting the data, mm. we can see that there's not always the solutions that are actively being effective when done by someone who doesn't know what they're doing 100%. That's great. And the Respect the Math podcast is, is a nice segue into my, my next question for you. Everything you do is analytics-based. You can, you can track it down to a specific uh, uh, marketing campaign or SEO campaign, say, say hey, we get, got you 25 view, views of this keyword. Uh, can you talk more about the ins and outs of SEO, uh, digital marketing, Facebook, social media, that kind of thing? Because it's one thing to build a house. That's your website. you got to let people know where your house is, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the benefit, which I think – it is the single most important piece of an online marketing and website plan is the, the promotion of it. Can you talk about wh- what you guys do to make people aware of where you are and how to find you and how that works? Because th- that's the majority of the ROI and uh, what they're paying for over the long run, I would think. Yeah, and really when I'm looking at building anyone's strategy, I mean, yes, I'm a website design company, but that's the first thing I'm looking at because even as a, a incline or a prospect to anybody I might be working with, I'm searching the exact same way. I don't know everybody in town. So I'm going to Google and asking who does what. And I'm finding those websites, gathering information from them to see who I actually want to call. And you never make it past the first page. Generally, people only get halfway down the first page, right? 95% will stay on the first page. So yes, that's why it's very pivotal to make sure you're getting there as much as possible when it comes to it. But again, You're always making sure you're starting with that base foundation of a good website. And I'm not saying it has to have all the bells and whistles. I'll be honest. The websites that convert the best are the ones that are the most simplistic to use. And they're not modern. They're not snazzy. They're not super fancy. People don't have time for that. They're accessible. Accessible, yes. Because, again, if we're in an emergency situation where we need to talk to someone that can help correct whatever problem we're having we don't want to try to figure out how to find their phone number or figure out what page we need to go to to understand what their pricing looks like. We need to make sure these answers are very clear for them up front because, again, a website's job is to give as much information as possible to convert that visitor to calling you, putting a contact form in, or getting in touch with you somehow. That's what a lead turns into. They're now no longer a prospect. They're a lead because they're interested in your business enough to give their information mm. to talk to you. They're qualified. They are qualified at that point. And yeah. that's your website's job. And you guys can track every bit of that. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that I've been honing in on everybody, other than make sure you own your website, <laughs> is to make sure you are tracking all of your marketing. And mm. it can be done so easily now. There and are, you give a custom phone number too, right? So you know everybody that searched you on Google called this number, right? Yes. Talk so, about that. For, so for our clients, if we are working with them on marketing, we set up where every single marketing activity they are doing is going to get tracked. Wow. Social media, email, text, phone. Every, yes. Wow. So their website has, a, has rotating numbers. So depending on what page they came in on, we can find that data out. If they called just their Google My Business, if they just called through that profile and found them on the maps, that has a specific number for it. If they're running ads, that has a specific number. And also, you can do things that aren't digital as well. You can put all the call tracking on it. And that's honestly where we're trying to be a marketing coach and we're offering marketing coaching services for our clients and prospects as well is because you you work hard to make your money. You put that money into something, you want it to return that money back somehow. Sure, and then some, hopefully. Yes, yeah. and the more it can return over top of that, the better. Mm-hmm. Problem mm-hmm. is, we never know what's going to do that until we try it. 
So I'm 100% a marketer of if you think if you're adamant about something or we've seen something that's going to work, let's do it. Let's try it. But we have to track it. And so let's just say if they're going to run a billboard campaign. Okay, great. Put a call tracking number on there. Put an offer. Mm. Put something different on there. So if they call, your receptionist or the office staff can actually know and say, oh, my God, this came from that billboard. Now, we have tracking as well, so we can pull those numbers out, provide them to clients. But again, a lot of things I kind of say is let's have a special offer on there. So 21% off, not 20. So when someone says and calls 21%, you know that came from this magazine or that radio ad because you can change all those things. So Mm -hmm. you're changing the number, but you're also changing other things about it. So you can just have more tracking because, again, what I'm trying to do is if someone is spending $10,000 on a billboard that's going to be up for 90 days, we have all the tracking availabilities to, uh, provided to us. So at the end of that 90 days, we can give them all those phone numbers of here's all the phone numbers we see who called. You obviously know anyone who called that maybe didn't go through this number, but asked for that weird offer we gave them, that 21% off. And you know. And you can track that back. So if you see, okay, well, we talked to five people and one of those closed, but that was a $20,000 project. Well, great. That was $10,000. You made $10,000 off of that and a new client that hopefully you'll keep selling and working with. You deliver the qualified leads and you can prove it. Yes. But let's just say if they say, okay, we talked to 10 of them, but none of them closed. Well, now you know. You at least got 10 new leads. Were they not qualified leads? Were were there situations in that we could correct potentially with maybe what the offer was? Mm. Or can we say back, all right, we only had three phone calls. And they're like, yeah, these are three 800 numbers. So these weren't prospects for us. We say, okay. So you're the business owner. Do you want to run this again? If so, we can update some offers with you and work on it. Or is this not a good use of your money now? And, and you the, can curate a revised game plan in real time because you have all the data data there and it's accessible. Yes, you can make moves while they're happening. And what I love about it is as a business owner, there are so many moving parts of a business. You are overwhelmed. And you have a team who is even more overwhelming you, even though you're trying to delegate all these things out. So as a business owner, all you really want at the end of the day is just the facts. So you can make the decisions because that's what you're supposed to be doing in that seat. Mm -hmm. And so if you can actually have that data to say, okay, well, I spent 10K and got nothing out of it. I don't want to do this again. Okay, at least we tried, at least we know versus someone, and I do work with a lot of clients who have been spending that $10,000 90 days over 90 days over 90 days over 90 days and always have that billboard out, but they've never tracked it. And so over the course of a year, they've wasted $40,000 and maybe only got one client. It was a fraction. And they actually have no idea, really, right? And Yes. Yeah. But they don't know that that's what they're spending money on that's not working. And that's what we want to try to do is I'm not saying you can't put your money in certain places, but let's track where all of your money and marketing is going. So that in the day, instead of spreading yourself too thin over too many buckets, pour that water back into the cup that's actually generating new leads for you and that's working. And so, yes, that's why we niche down to just websites and SEO because that's a huge bucket our trades guys get business out of. But again, there are many elements as to how you can get a lot of new leads. So let us help you figure out where those are so you can reinvest back into those marketing strategies that are working for you. It could be yard signs, door hangers, radio, TV, digital, social media. All these things could be working and Honestly, every industry will be a little bit different. Our trades guys, 99% of the time, yes, they're getting all of their leads from digital, mainly Google when it comes to that time frame of it. But again, there's branding. There's other things that businesses might want to do to get their names out there. And I don't want to stop them. I want to help them know where we're spending that money to make sure that it is projecting more clients for them versus losing all of that. And then at the end of it saying, you know, marketing just doesn't work for us. 
Now, you didn't make marketing work for you is the yeah, problem. Or they didn't commit long enough or whatever it was. Yeah. That brings up two more questions for me. The first one is, and we'll talk about them in order, I guess. You guys specialize in working with trades. You're branching out. You want trades around the country, right? And yeah. do you guys ha have con competing trades? Um, for example, do you represent more than one plumber in the Louisville region? How does that work? What does that look like? Um, are there any potential you know, conflicts there, or how do you work around that? Good question. So ever since the very beginning, even before we niche down to trades, we've always tried to stay exclusive. And so our cap is two in any city. Okay. A lot of companies do not ever put a cap on it. So mm -hmm. they might have 10, and guess what, guys? There's only 10 spots on the home page. So that means all of their guys are going through the same process, and usually their methodology is who's ever paying the most is mm. the one that gets to the top. Yeah, That's not how it should be. It's mm -hmm. whoever's doing the best marketing and being creative. All those things are what should get you up there, not because you're the one spending more with that company mm -hmm. than the other guys are spending with them. A and relationship, not just a bidding war. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so because of niching down to less industries we want to actively market to, then yeah, I can only help so many roofers, plumbers, and electricians here locally. But funny enough, starting five years ago, we started getting a lot of clients finding us out of town. And so not all of our markets out of town just yet, but we are really splitting it where I would say almost 50% of all of our clients are outside of the city. We have clients in California, Texas, South Carolina, Indiana, Tennessee, obviously here in Kentucky. Uh, we've worked in Nevada. I mean, we're trying wow. to touch uh, Chicago. We're trying to touch as many cities as possible because yes, again, you don't want to work with a marketer that has 18 plumbers already. You need to find someone who's going to do something different for you. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of times when it makes sense for these contractors, especially if they're listening to good podcasts like this, look outside of your area. And a fun part about this, and I'm sure you can probably say as well, we live in a lower cost area. So therefore, yes, my services here locally might feel expensive to some businesses. But when I talk to, when I talk to any clients from Texas, California, New York, my pricing they think is dirt cheap. Wow. And is your rate the same regardless of who you're working with? Yes, the rate's okay. the same. So it kind of makes a lot more sense sometimes for businesses that if they're in a big city or if they're in somewhere where the marketing companies there are charging hand over fist for what they do, mm -hmm. look outwards because there's a lot of good guys out there. And if, especially as far as if you're trying to make sure you have an expert in your field, do your research, talk to a few people. And I'm trying to be very transparent with everybody. If we have the experience to help everybody. But I really, really would love to talk to more people that are in the trades yeah. because we know that we're the best fit for them. How do you find those folks and how do they find you all across the country? Well, funny enough, we do SEO for oh, our own website. <laughs> imagine that. Yes. Yeah. So we, that has been a huge funnel for us. But the thing I'm trying to tell people about, not just doing SEO, but what we've actually done is we're trying to create resources for those people. So I'm B2B. When it comes to that, it's a different sales process than who I'm trying to help, which are mainly B2C clients. But what I'm doing is, because I know as a business owner, you're busy. You have a lot of things going on, but maybe you want to kind of do your own research before you call, talk to anybody. Well, we have eBooks. So we've created PDF eBooks for almost every single industry that's in the trades out there that we've thought of so far to help them with marketing tips. So you've kind of, uh, what's the word, consolidated what you've learned into these PDF documents yep. and you can distribute that to all your clients to benefit the less from the lessons you've learned uh, over time of doing this. That's great. Yeah. So one wow. of, so, so one like of our online e learning portal. Yeah. So for instance, huh. we have an ebook for roofing, like the, the nine roofing tips you need to know right now wow. that you could be doing. The funny part, 
since we do SEO, is that ranks. So when people type in roofing marketing strategies, oh. they're finding our page with our content on it and they can download our ebook. Wow. So they're actually able to come through that funnel. And this is kind of why I tell clients as well, give those resources. Because the fun part is, is we've given them so much information and hopefully help that by the end of time reading, it's only 45 pages, won't yeah. take it too long, that once they go through that, they can say, all right, these people know what they're talking about. Yeah. I should give them a call. That's clever. So all those are posted to your website. They get indexed and uh, uh, rated or ranked in Google, and, and they come up, and that's, that's one of the ways you find folks, and folks find you. That's great. Now, the second question I had was, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, people go to Google. What percentage do you think of people who are in that situation, their first act is to go to Google and search for a plumber, a roofer, et cetera? What percentage would you approximate that at? So there are many companies that run surveys to try to find what this number looks like to help us marketers out there. And I've seen a few different numbers, but they are all above 90%. Wow. Nine, zero. I was thinking 75, <laughs> 80. So, so if it's 90 to 95, well, where are people going outside of that? The phone book or Facebook or? The, so from the analytics that we provide, we can, like, we can see on everybody's websites where people are coming in and finding them from. So first off, I think it's like 95 to 96% is a search engine. Now, okay. that could be Google, Yahoo, Bing, DuckDuckGo. Well, what percentage of that is Google? 90 plus? Google is a huge, yes. Yeah. That's at least 75% of it for sure when it comes to that. I am seeing a high rise in DuckDuckGo and other places. For privacy concerns? Yes, yeah. which is absolutely fine. And the funny part why we still focus on Google <laughs> is because all those other search engines actually usually end up following the same algorithm mm -hmm. that Google's on. Or get their data directly from them, right? Yes. Yeah, I've heard so, that. So it's just a little bit of a, a lap behind. So we want to go after the big dog because if we can hone in how to rank on there, then yeah. all the other search engines, they're just going to fall into place. Right. So we're really going after that side of it. So huge majority is there, but people who are outside of the search engine, it is going to be social media. Sometimes it could be um, like referrals from other things. So like if you're in a chamber, if you are in a directory um, and outside of that as well is a lot of times they might be starting on Google, but then they're finding your Google My Business listing and then calling through there. So the maps is still a search engine as I would put in that category, but some people just go straight to the maps because at that point they're looking for proximity. Mm -hmm. And so they're going directly there when it comes down to it. So there is a few different things. If you are doing other marketing, then they could come from TV, radio, your email, uh, if you have an email signature. And a lot of times as well, like even our data, it shows direct. So what that means is they might have heard from us somewhere and they just typed in one thing marketing and then found us directly from that. So it still was a search, but it was a direct. So it's I feel like those are two different things because direct means they know you're existing. Mm -hmm. Search means they don't know you exist, but they know they need your service or product. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to hone in. When a client does search for that on Google, for example, once you get past the shady paid for results that are usually some company pretending to, to, to be something to be something it's not to to, um, to scam you, essentially, mm -hmm. most of those results are my my Google business pages based on locations and map data. Can you talk about how important it is to show up there? Um, and what makes a good Google My Business page, and how can you help someone uh, curate that and develop it? Yeah, great questions. I would say the Google My Business page, which now they have renamed Google Business Profile about a month ago. Oh, they did? I didn't know that. I still have not caught up with watching how I call it, so uh -huh. I still call it Google My Business for right now. Yeah. Um, but that is the most important place to be. 
especially when it comes down to my trades, guys, because again, you're going to be finding someone swiftly and quickly and easily as possible. And, and locally. And locally. Looking for you already. And Google tries to do that for you as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the maps is the first thing they usually show if they can tell that you're looking for a company. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I, I make sure people focus. Like, we have to be there because, again, we're going to our phones, we're typing that in, and we're just pushing call. Mm -hmm. How simple is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we want to make sure we're there. That's very pivotal with it. But the things that make you rank for your Google My Business profile actually isn't your Google My Business profile. The first one's proximity. Mm, okay. So we have to be, our physical address has to be close to where people are searching They're for us. They're sorted by proximity, geographical proximity. Okay. Yes. And a lot of trades businesses can hide their listing, like actual physical location, because they're a service business. You are never going to go to your HVAC guy's office, house or office. Yeah. He's always coming to you to bring and deliver things. So okay. companies can hide that. But Google still physically knows where that address is. And so they're ranking first based off proximity. So if you live... To their office or to registered the, yes, address, whatever. To, to that address. So let's just say if you're a guy that lives on the outskirts of town, but you want all the business on the inside of the city, you are an uphill battle because wow. you are already not anywhere near there. So huh. the things we have to do outside of that to make your Google My Business show up starts with your website uh -huh. and the SEO on your website. Can you overcome that through some SEO trickery or... You can. Again, it's just an uphill battle that I have to be transparent with everybody about. There yeah. are always capabilities to do things and test things in SEO. Now, what we know will Google will be okay with versus Google will say, mm, still not happy with this. Yeah. That's where the testing comes in, and that's why we're really working with our guys because they are proximity-based, and yes, people just want to push call and get that plumber to come to their home. So yeah. that is something we always work with, but there are things you can do, and we work with a lot of companies that like to uh, expand their area. So they might not be here locally in Louisville. They're going to Lexington and then they're moving to Nashville, Tennessee. They're moving to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. They're spreading their places out there. And if they don't have that physical office yet, then what we're trying to do is we're going to put enough content on their website that sends as many clues and signals to Google as much as possible that they do this service in this area. Okay. Even if they physically don't have that location there yet. So what that means is below the maps, they could pop up in the Google organic section, which gets a lot of traffic right there. The first couple of results get about 75% of what's going on there. Yeah. So the other guys still get a good market with it, but that's kind of where we want to make sure they can show up in that aspect of it. And if later down the road, now after they've opened that Nashville office, they have the physical address for it, we can optimize the Google My Business listing. And really when it comes down to that, it's filling anything and everything out possibly we can with good keyword research. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is, and I even talked to someone their day, you can claim your Google My Business profile yourself. You can do those things yourself. Really, what, what you would be partnering with us for is, A, you don't want the headache. Right. <laughs> it's a complicated process at times if Google's not on your side or if there's any problems with it. I'm unfortunately talking to someone right now that's had such a difficult time. They're in Missouri trying to get their Google My Business uh, profile claimed. Google on the phone is not helpful. I, I didn't know they existed on the phone. They have a phone number you can call? No. Oh, okay. No. There's yeah. a phone number they will call you from, and you uh, cannot call it back. Oh. It's very, you have set scheduled appointments with them. They're, they are not easy to just get around. Is this so, for everyone or for like service providers like yourself? I mean, is it it's a general customer service line? or? Well, this is one after you go through it, many bats of support, okay. you will finally get an appointment set. So if you wow. cannot get that postcard to come to your business, yeah. unfortunately, the only thing they won't let you do other 
methods to verify is actually a video call with them that they schedule. Huh. And if that does not go perfectly, you have to go back to the postcard weight game. So wow. Google ever since the pandemic has not been the easiest to work with. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've lost as far as a lot of support. So things just have taken a lot longer with it. But even through that method of it, we're trying to really optimize when it comes more to, towards keyword research. And that's what you're partnering more with an SEO company for, mm-hmm. is letting us use our programs, our experience, to look through and see what are people typing in. Like, yes, there are obviously the very generic terms, roofer, roofing company, roofer near me. Those are all the things that we know, we get it. Yeah. We're, we're going after that. But there's questions they're asking that get them there, but they don't know you just yet. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like the resources I'm creating. So I have a roofing marketing strategy page. So if anyone types that in, they might not know the keywords SEO or search engine optimization, but they know marketing and they know what company and industry they're in. So they might type in roofing marketing. Boom. Now here's my resource. They are able to build trust with us because I'm giving away all these tips for free. And I'm even letting you download it. Yeah, it's you can, published on your website, right? Yeah, you can yeah. do whatever you want with this bad boy. You don't have to talk to us if you don't want. I would yeah. love if you did. Right. But here's a re- free resource. Here's how much we're willing to give. Here's how much knowledge we have. So that way they're going through our funnel of saying, okay, well, maybe they they type that in. Well, they don't know we're not in Louisville. Mm. That's fine. They're finding this resource and building the trust with us so that we're able to better help them when they've actually reached out to us and say, hey, I read the C book. Sounds like you know what's going on. Here's my website. What do I need to do? Mm. Can you help me? Yeah. So primarily it's sorted geographical pro- by geographical proximity. Would a secondary sort be your Google reviews in terms of uh, how you ran? ran uh, I have a speech impediment sometimes. It bothers me. I'm just going to work through it. Um, would a secondary sort be related to your Google reviews, so, the quality of those? So the number of reviews and the quality score you have are ranking factors, but they are lower down the list. Oh, really? Number two is actually the content on your website. It's oh. how well Google thinks you, or not how well they think you do what you do, but how well your website tells what you do. Relevant content. Relevancy. Yeah. yeah. Proximity and then relevancy is number two. Okay. So that's really why I, when I create a strategy for anybody, step one's a website all day, every day. Step two is optimizing with new content that's optimized with SEO on your website because those two things is what is number two for your Google My Business and number three is your Google My Business. So I like to put those things in order. We do them all at the same time, but it's kind of like a bundle of a foundation you want to do together because they all feed off one another. So you could easily have a Google My Business page up, not have a website. It won't do too much for you unless you are in a niche area where there's not a lot of competition. So you're the only one in that arena that does this. And so therefore they can find you just because of proximity and there's no other competition with it. What would be that third ranking criteria it's looking at besides um, uh, relevancy and proximity? So they change the rest a little bit pretty often on us as far as factors. Yes, they always like to keep us on our toes. And and honestly, to be transparent, these are all guesses. These are just us using experts and experts doing tests and taking polls of other marketers who do this all day, every day. Anecdotal knowledge. Yes, yes. And so one of the other ones I think it is as big as well is what we call link building. And so link building is just a link from another website that redirects to your website. Mm, And what that is, is so at the end of the day, if you're in a very competitive environment, all you'll hear me talk about for a strategy is creating more content for your website that's optimized and creating links to your website. 
These are the two things Google looks at over and over again because content on your site means you're resourceful. Google wants a good solution for anyone doing a search. They want you to go to the first result, get your answer, and be happy. That makes you come back to Google. Is the more relevant content and text better too? I mean, you want to have a lot of words essentially, right? Yes. Relevant words. Yes. So again, these... Thousands on a website, minimum? Oh, yes. Thousands of minimums. So a lot of these companies like the Rev Local and uh, Yellow Pages Thrive type of situations, they'll write like 500 word posts. Those do absolutely nothing for you other than make you think you're blogging. Uh And that's the kind of joke we always make is everyone's like, oh, should I blog? Well, depends what you think blogging is. 10 years ago, you should have blogged. Now it's podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. YouTube, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what I tell people is if you can repurpose what you're doing over and over again, that's the best solution. So for example, let's just say a roofing company wants to talk about what type of roof you should get. Like what's the best solutions? What's the difference between a shingle roof and a metal roof? Pros and cons of each of them. How to decide. How to figure out what pricing might look like for you. How to know how to check your insurance to see what might be covered. And the pros and cons, because metal roofing might not be covered. Let's just say they do a, a video on a roof. You know, let's just say Andrew, we know, is on a roof talking about it, just making a, a video about how to talk about the differences between it, what they look like for you as the end consumer. Well, he made a five or ten minute video. You can transcribe that video and you can turn that into a blog post and then you could optimize that blog post for, mm. you know, differences between, you know, shingle versus metal because that is a search term people type in. So that's a blog post on a lot of our roofers' websites, you know, different things like that. That's what they're typing in. So Interesting. So can, Facebook posts, YouTube posts, all that. Yes. Link back to your website and strengthen that relationship there that Google's looking for. Yes. If you're in a BNI, if you're in a chamber, if you're LinkedIn in... LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn so. profile. Any place that has that link, that little blue hyperlink where you can click it and it will actually take them to your website, that's a link. That's what link building is. All these are baby little trust factors. So Google has trust in LinkedIn. Now, you have a link to your website. Well, Google gives you a little bit of trust that they gave LinkedIn Mm. now to your website. So one link will not do it. So so people go after quantity versus quality. Mm -hmm. That's also wrong. We want good places linking to us. It's just like our friend network is how I like to describe it. You want to be surrounded by good quality people mm-hmm. because if you're surrounded by good quality people, then someone who is referred to you or meets one of your friends, they're automatically going to assume you're a pretty good person mm-hmm. because of who you surround yourself with. Mm. If you do the opposite, if you get shady links, if you have shady friends, then they're not going to trust you. And so all this work you're doing is only going to be a negative consequence versus a helpful positive reinforcement to rank you higher because Google's saying, Ooh, I don't trust that website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love cats.org, but you're a roofing company. I don't see the correlation. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I also don't trust that website. There's a lot of ads and there's some shady stuff going on. So you can actually hurt yourself with those things. But really, wow. those are the big things. That? Yeah, those are the big things when it comes to your Google My Business. And not just that, but future marketing going forwards again. It's all about how much you have on your website. And because you have those resources, all these other websites that are saying to Google, that's a good resource. I'm linking to them. Mm. So it's not good enough to add relevant content. You also want to avoid adding un- irrelevant content. Yeah, interesting because that could move the needle in the opposite direction. That's a lot of detailed mechanical information about SEO. Um, I think people people need some time to digest that. Yes. So I think that means uh, it'd be a good idea to segue into my next um, topic. I want I want to talk to you about. What makes a good website in the year 2022? Does it have lots of pages? Um, aesthetically, how does it look? Accessibility and function-wise, 
what because that that's an ever-changing ever-evolving medium what does it look like today how does that you know how does that how does that look to you and your clients and what I'm going to go with is the basics because that's going to work for this year and 2023 and, and moving forward with it what you want to do with your website is appeal to all the personality types so even you and I are different personality types I don't need too much information to go ahead and call a business or just to see and talk to somebody. That's how I like to do if I'm going to buy something from someone. I want that physical touch with it. You might prefer to read more over what they've done, mm-hmm. look over all of their reviews, see all of their blog posts and kind of see, okay, what's their gallery look like? What are their before and afters? You mm-hmm. know, what does this company mean before I call them? You might do some more research. So A, you're appealing to both sides. The one that needs it quick and easy to get there. So that's why your phone number is at the very top of your website. Mm-hmm. If it is not the top of your website, yell at your IT website company immediately and tell them to put your phone number on the very top of your website. How many folks are going to scroll down? Not many. Not a lot, right? Yes. And you missed that opportunity. Yes. So even when we build Prominent websites. phone number right there, big button, easy, easy to see and easy to access. Yes. Like our first website milestone we show a client when we're trying to build them a brand new website is just the top fold of their website homepage. So what that means is if you go to reliabletechhelp.com and what you land on and you see on your screen without scrolling, that's the top of the fold. That's the Mm. person's first impression. And 75 or 80% of people will stay right there. They Mm. don't actually scroll because they are in an immediate situation where they just want the answer. Mm-hmm. So they're going there to see, okay, this is this company I thought it was. Here's the call button. They can go to the contact page quickly. They might just see it and want to go to the about. How long have you been around? You know, what does your business look like? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what is this? References. Yes. From that navigation, they can almost find all the answers. And so that's why it's very clean, very simple. And it's just the things that they need to get to very quickly. But what you do is, again, you don't have 80 tabs at the top for different types of pages you have. You really cluster these into what make the biggest effect because they either want to know about you, they want to know how to get a hold of you, or they want to know what services you do or your reviews. Mm -hmm. So those are like the big four tabs we always have on a website because that's the main things people are going to use to make a decision before they call you. Mm -hmm. So we make sure those are always easily accessible there. But on the homepage, for those who do scroll, those main categories are just built throughout the homepage. So after they, they go down, they're seeing your services immediately. So they can, again, see what you have. You might have why us. So the differentiator about your business. Now, again, I'm working with trades, and there's it's sometimes hard to be very different as a trades business because everyone's usually doing very similar things with it. But that's where we want to work with them. What does actually make you different? There's a reason you got into this. It's because you saw another contractor not doing a good job. You thought you could do it better. And that's why you're here because you know you can make money because you know you can do it better with it. Mm, so have something for everyone. Yes. Yeah. So what are those things? You want those reviews on the homepage as well. So almost all those pages we're talking about at the top to get them easy access to. Those who want to do a little bit more research and do scroll, you have those blurbs of all of that information right there. So you have ways for them to gain trust. So if there's certain suppliers you use or certain networks you're in, you're naming those. You're naming some reviews of people who have mentioned you know certain things you've done for them to help that person kind of make that correlation because the fun part about 2020, digital was so important. Mm -hmm. And the joke I made with a lot of people was, I love tacos. I've always loved tacos. I'm a big taco person. And when the COVID hit, I was trying to find places to eat out periodically because we were all going stir crazy at Mm -hmm. our homes. I drove to many businesses who had not updated their Google My Business profile to say they were closed. And if I 
I'll be honest, I probably shed a tear once or twice because I drove all the way there. There was no tacos mm. and I had to find the next place. And I was like, man, now I don't know if I want to come back here because yeah. this business doesn't update their information. So I was using the internet to find a new taco place to go to. And then you're also reading the reviews, wow. making sure this place is good. And then you're reading them even more. Are they open? What's the service look like right now with COVID? Because yeah. people would give real-time reviews of, you know, it tastes great, but now it takes two hours to get my tacos because they only have two office staff. But worth the wait, I just put the order in and I call them and ask when it's going to get ready. You know, like yeah. you actually could get some information from it there. So that's what the whole point of the website is, is to get them to A, feel as comfortable as possible giving you a call and because B, you're answering every single question you can. So you're answering questions very quickly and succinctly. So those who don't need a lot of information, but just want to get in touch with you can get that information. But those who want to do more research, you can easily have all the information there with blog posts, with your service pages, with your before and afters, with your galleries, you can provide as much information as possible. So those who are either buying at a higher price point, like construction, for example, remodeling, that's never going to be cheap. They can see your work. So they say, okay, if I know I'm going to spend $50,000 on a complete basement remodel, I'm doing everything. And we're also building our master suite and change and everything. You have enough data to feel comfortable when you call them. So therefore you as a client are not wasting your time. And you as the business owner who got that client to call you, you know they're already qualified because they probably looked at some things to make sure that they wanted to even talk to you in the first place. Mm. And then that kind of leads them to my next question. Do you want video content, testimonial examples of work you've done, um, audio clips with testimonials, um, fun facts, things, uh, tr trade secrets, trade tips, you know, this is Joe the plumber's best way to keep your toilet from falling apart or, you know, that kind of thing. So yes. I'm assuming you recommend that too and links out to social media sites and all that, right? More content, more relevant content, more linking back and forth. Uh, uh, all means um, more exposure for your website, right? Yes. This is the website supposed to be the holy grail <clears throat> of your marketing. So it houses everything about your business. So if you're running Facebook ads or YouTube videos, they're coming back to the place that's going to house all of your information, which is why you want to own and not rent. Because again, this is housing all of your assets on it. Make sure you get to keep them afterwards. But yes, one of the best things we're telling a lot of our clients to do, and it's sometimes hard because no one wants to get on camera and do video, but actually having the business owners have a very short intro video about the company. People love that stuff, don't they? People want to know who they're working with. Especially it's, if it's locally or family owned. Yeah. You're buying from people. That's when it comes down to it. So the more they can kind of get to know you very quickly. So for example, we're going to be making a new video for even our homepage to talk about the story I told you about. Dan started this because he was taken advantage of and then found passion in doing digital marketing for others. That's great. Who were getting taken advantage of. That's going to connect with so many people. Yeah. So it's really kind of giving a backstory so you can understand why we're so passionate about doing things the way we do them and why we want to be transparent and honest with our clients because there's a lot of shadiness that happens in this industry. And I really hate it because yes, anyone who I talk to who wants to refer me, the first thing I say is make sure they're open to talking to a marketing person because yeah. we get calls daily about marketing companies wanting to do marketing for us. And they don't even know our company's name when I ask them, do you oh, know who yeah. you called? Yeah. You're just on the list of numbers they're going through in a call center. So right. they're not paying attention to that when it comes down to it. So yeah. you really want to do your research. And that's these things can kind of help lay the story about how we do what we do. And no matter what industry you're in, people want to know that. They want to know how you do what you do, why you do it. And again, video testimonials are the other video that I can wholeheartedly say make a difference. Mm -hmm. They are also very hard to get. 
but there are ways to get them. You just ask, you do the thing. It does not need to be perfect. I've seen videos taped on their cell phones. What matters are the physical words that people are saying. And seeing that person. Yes. They are seeing that, hey, there's someone just like me with a situation I just had. And this was the awesome results they got with this company. Don't you want to call them now because you just saw the the verdict that someone gave of you're an idiot. If you don't call this company right now, look what they did for me. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, like I said, that's a lot of technical uh, detailed uh, information and explanations on what you do and how you can help your customers. At this point, we'll kind of move on to another segment. But before I do, I'd I'd like to give you a chance to restate uh, some facts about your company, what you're looking for, and uh, how we can interact with you. What's your phone number? What's your website? What's your social media? That kind of thing. So give us your closing uh, shameless self-promotion here. (laughs) Awesome. So as far as One Thing Marketing, we are trying to specialize mainly in working with home trade service industries, getting them ranked on Google so therefore they can get more phone calls, more leads, and grow their business the way they want to. Now, the easiest way to check out what we do, I would be to say to go to our website, onethingmarketing.net, and it's spelled out O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G, marketing.net. And what we're going to have there that I would tell everybody to do is we're going to be having our free ebook out there. So as I mentioned, I have very specific industry ebooks, but we do ha- we just made a one that's more for if you're in trades and maybe if you're doing multiple trades, these are the things you need to look into doing. So it's nine tips on there. Um, so that's probably the, one of the best ways to kind of see what we're doing. And honestly, my biggest shameless plug is either download the ebook, read, do research, or if you don't want to do any of this yourself, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm you know marketing for ourselves. So what we offer is a free. 30-minute strategy session. You can sign up for that at our website as well. It's the top right corner, big yellow button that says strategy session. You know, that's why you make a website where you can see things easily on it. But what we do there is that's where you're chatting with me. I am doing a pre-audit of your website, of your marketing. I am looking at your competition, and I'm looking at the area you're in to kind of see what game plan we need to do moving forward to get you to whatever goal you're looking for. So that's kind of the easiest and best ways to really get involved with us. Um, We do post some things on social, but again, we know that a majority of our people are on the search engine. So we're on the search engines as well, creating more content, trying to get in front of people there with it. Perfect. I highly recommend uh, take up Brittany on her offer for the uh, free strategy session. That's a, a 30 minutes or so with an expert in the field. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be priceless. If, if you don't sign up with them, you, you'll learn a lot. And uh, yes, we try to give us, I try to give as much education as possible within it. And as I said, I only want to work with people who I think I can get a good return on. So our goal is that the first year you get 400% return on your investment. Wow. So not just your money back, but three times after that, your money. And our goal after that for each client, because again, some, some industries are so competitive, we have to continually do more SEO work. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to that, our goal is 30% increase year over year, every single year. Wow. So that's what our goal looks like. If companies have different goals, let's chat. Some have less you know, aggressive goals, some have even more, and it depends on what they're in. But that's what we're creating the strategy for, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. What do we need to do so I can give you not just your $100 mm-hmm. bill back, but three more after that to make sure that you know that you want to give me as many hundred dollar bills as you can now because I can give you back four times more on that side of it. So that's really what we're trying to do when it comes down to it. And yes, if that doesn't work for you, if we're not ready just yet, or I've talked to some businesses that are just starting, 
let me give you all the information. Let me give you the guidance. Let me tell you places to watch out for and things that would be a good use of your money in the meantime until you could work with someone who can do a lot more things for you. I'm 100% happy to give all that information out because again, it helps me. You get to know what we do. And hey, if, if I help that business, that's the goal. Whether they pay us or not, I want to help every single business because we have all been so harshly affected by what's happened the last two years that every business needs help. And I want to provide as much free help as possible. Again, I'd love to work with people and make sure that they don't have to do everything themselves. They have that support person. But that's the goal. And that's really the the push I want to give is I want to give you your money back. And I want to give you even more money on top of what you paid us when we're working with us. And if that's not the case, then let me give you some good ideas. So if you're going in a different direction, you have a better idea of someone who's been with this eight years. So yes, I am young, but I've been in this for eight years, just talking SEO. And that's what I live and breathe. So if you have questions about it, I'm happy to give that information. And I'm a jack of some trades and other things. I'm enough to be dangerous, but I would rather prefer you with an expert. And I know other experts to put you with so you can ask those correct questions directly to them. Yeah, great. So Brittany Marketing, excuse me, Brittany Murphy with One Thing Marketing. You I like can, I like Brittany Marketing. Brittany That's Marketing, a good new yeah, name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brittany Marketing Murphy uh, with One Thing Marketing. You could uh, interact with them on social, on their website, onethingmarketing.net. Do you want to give out your phone number? Or? Yeah, if 502-532-1818. And there. if you call that number, you'll be directly contact with me. And Again, I do things like podcasts, so if I don't answer the phone, please, please, please leave a voicemail. And she'll get back to you. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Brittany. We uh, like to end the show w- with this segment called See Good to Be Good. Um, that's a, a nonprofit my wife and I started recently, and the purpose of it is to get people who have been successful professionally and or are doing good in their community in front of other people who might not, uh, might not have a purpose in life or are kind of lost or look at looking uh, for someone to look up to or an example of someone who's accomplished those things. Brittany, you, you've been successful. What would you tell somebody if they came to you and said, hey, I'm, I'm 21 years old, I'm a senior in college, or I'm working some, a job I don't like, how do I get to where you are? What are the steps you took to make you successful and how'd you get there? Man, I really do wish I could talk to the 21 year old version yeah, of myself don't we all? and give this information. How stupid to. that person was, right? Yeah. Cause I'm a person that graduated with a degree in merchandising apparel and textiles and a minor in business. Wow. From Kentucky? From Kentucky. Yeah. They even offered that. Is that through the school of business or is that? <laughs> it should be. Uh huh. It's instead offered through the college of agriculture. Oh, okay. So the joke I thought was, I think we're supposed to shun our own sheep or yeah. shear our own sheep there you go. and make the clothes out of and then we'll learn how them. to market and retail those clothes afterwards. Interesting. But What got you into that? Just I had always had a passion for fashion design. I've sewed, my grandmother taught me when I was little. So I made my okay. prom dresses. I've altered wedding dresses for friends. Yeah. I've done a lot of that and like those type of tasks. So went to school thinking... I love this type of thing. What can I learn about it? So I really understood more retail management was what Mm. I went into, basically the kind of things you can do afterwards. So I did go into target retail management as an executive team lead there for a couple of years. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's kind of what got me into marketing more is I I saw that and you make a lot more money in retail than you do in marketing or you do in corporate worlds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was you lose a lot of hours and sleep of your life, but you learn a lot. And I went from that to another corporate world which I thought I was be doing more marketing, but it was in the insurance world. And that was what they loved I could do, but I was really proficient at the tedial tasks that no one else could do well. Mm. And so that's honestly, I, 
I tested around some places and you know, I think that's what I wish I could have told my 21 year old self is don't think that the first job you get is going to be the one you stick with forever. Mm-hmm. Try different things. I, I tried each job for a couple of years to see like, okay, what do I like the most about this? What is making me happy? What makes me want to get out of my chair, every, like my bed out every day to go work? And what makes me not want to wake up to go to work? What are those tasks? What type of job could I get that I could love the things I'm doing and not have to do many things I don't have to like? Mm. And I, I made a huge jump. When I started eight years ago with One Thing Marketing, it was just Dan. I was his first full-time employee. I was making really? a huge jump into a startup company. Wow. He'd been doing it for a couple years prior, but I'll consider it a startup. There was no employees. Yeah. So that was a huge jump for me to say, you know what? I'm going to try it. I love marketing this much. Let me try it. If it doesn't work out, I tried. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the best point with it is save some money, have a rainy day fun, please, for the love of God, have a rainy day fun. So that way, if you absolutely hate what you're doing, you can look, you can find somewhere, you can put in your notice and start something that you think you actually will like. Your young 20s are for figuring out what the heck you want to do with your life. Yeah. And I think I'm lucky enough to have figured out eight years ago what I'm really good at and how I could grow this company. And that's honestly a, a way that was really passionate for me was getting to build something up basically from the ground. Yeah. And that's kind of where maybe at 21, you're not ready for that step just yet. But what I did, even when I joined One Thing Marketing, I was a newbie. I did not know sales. I did not know much about marketing, especially search engine optimization. Yeah. I took classes. I did a lot of workshops. And honestly, sales is something that I feel that every person coming out of college or going into college should learn. I agree. You're selling yourself. Everybody is selling themselves, whether you realize it or not. Yes. If you have a nine to nine to five working at Humana, you're selling your skills to that company and your boss and his boss or her, her boss's bosses and so forth. You are selling whether you realize it or not, not, and I tell people, you're running a small business, whether you realize it or not. A small business has income, revenue, it has expenses, right? Mm-hmm. It has profit. You are running a business. It costs you money to gas up your car and go to work every day, and they pay you, and you have some expenses that come out of that, and you hope, hopefully are cash flow positive and profitable. So I'm glad yeah. you said that. Everybody needs to learn sales, in my opinion. You don't have to spend your whole life doing it, but some exposure to it for a few months or a year or two, in my opinion, would be, is a pivotal step step in developing yourself and being successful. Yeah, and I read as many books as I can when I first started with it, and even now I still probably read a book or two each year just to try to catch, if is there anything I could do differently? Mm-hmm. Because how I like to look at it, especially sales when it came down to it, was here's all the opinions of everybody who's, a professional or a coach mm-hmm. does not mean one person's right 100%. So I took all these little things and I picked out different parts of them where I was like, you know what? I can do that. I can be that way. Ooh, I can't do that very well. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, or I don't like that. That just feels salesy. You know, all those little things were like, mm, not sure you can cultivate your own sales process. Mine's different than everybody else's. Everybody's is different from everybody else's. You don't have to follow one guru or one guide. Figure out what things you think work for you because mm. eventually you'll get so confident in that that I'm the way I am today of this is how I talk. This is how I'm transparent. This is why mm. I'm transparent. Mm-hmm. So if you like these things during the sales process, that's the rest of the experience you're going to have with our company. Mm. If you don't like that, if you want me to say, oh, yeah, I guarantee we can get you on the first page tomorrow. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll discount it just if you can sign up today. Like, Whatever little weird things you're like, oh, that just always feels wrong when someone says that to me, then you don't, you don't have to say that. You do not have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the gorgeous part of me starting 
in my 20s working in sales is I had a mind like a sponge because I'd never done this. I was very timid about it and I didn't want to be a salesperson. I wanted to be an educator. Mm. I've always loved teaching. And the thing I did before COVID was I was a volleyball coach for eight years um, for a local grade school here. Yeah, And that was kind of where like doing things like that, you just really notice like you've got to expand your mind. You have to see all the different things you can do with it. And so even that, like, although I was an expert at volleyball, I'm still looking up ways to teach others because not everybody is going to take education the same way I did. Mm -hmm. So it's really just, just read, listen. I'm very jealous that, you know, now there's podcasts, there's all these different things you can really easily consume information for. So accessible. Yeah. And back then, yes, I had to sign up for classes. I had to sign up physically for workshops and you had books. Those were the only options you had. You have so many more now. Subscribe to a podcast that's about sales. Subscribe to 10 podcasts that are about sales. Yeah. Just listen to a lot of different things and hone in what you feel like is your best way to do it. Because if you feel confident doing it the way you do it, then people are going to feel that confidence and understand that they know what they're talking about. And listen while you're driving, listen while you're working out, while you're doing laundry, whatever. Yes. It's so accessible, so convenient. There's so much content out there. It's amazing. Um, You mentioned uh, being a volleyball um, coach. That's, That's an example of you giving back to your community. How rewarding was that? What did you learn from that? And, um, you know, what are some things you took away from that experience? Yes. So I have coached boys and girls. Really? All ages from third grade all the way up to eighth grade. Now, I like the the kids that are closer towards the middle school age because you can actually have a little bit more conversation with them. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they're... They know more what's going on in today's world than I did at some points. Mm-hmm. You know, they also had newer iPhones than I had most sometimes. So they stay up to date. They like to ask questions. What what I saw out of it, honestly, it was one of my last years coaching, and it it hit home for me. I'm not a parent yet, but what I noticed is they they liked the discipline that I think we offered in volleyball. Mm-hmm. I was someone who I had not birthed them. I've not hung out with them much. I might have known them every year. They kind of played. Doesn't mean I had them every single year. Boys mm-hmm. and girls were different seasons. Doesn't mean they're always on the A team or the B team or whichever I had. But I saw them enough where I was like, I know who you are. I know how you kind of act. I've seen you age. By the time that they were in seventh and eighth grade, it was mainly my boys when I had them, is that, you know, I think as a parent, it's a hard job. They kind of get away with stuff. And at volleyball, they thought they could also get away with the same things. They get away with their parents. Lo and behold, I'm a person that I ran a lot of suicides when I was in high school Uh playing volleyball. Hard work and discipline. Yes. I um, also, I ran my mouth a lot. So I had to run suicides quite a bit if if I I had to be honest with you. And you know what? I used the exact same tactics with them as if they didn't want to listen. They didn't want to cooperate. They ran until I said stop. And a lot of them would make jokes and, you know, try to get their co-workers, or not co-workers, but their co-players, teammates, 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 you know, just distracted and not doing things. And very quickly they learned that that wasn't going to work and wasn't going to fly with me. And I actually saw a change in them being more respectful to someone and only at the courses of a few practices. And trust me, we still crack jokes and had fun with it. But it was something where I was like, you know what, I'm glad I'm able to put this in front of you because I could yell at them. I could be mean. I could be ruthless if I needed to. Teachers can't always do that. Yeah. Parents don't always want to have to do that. So I could be someone that was almost a drill sergeant that I hope that's the role I played. I mean, given these kids are, you know, graduating high school now at this point and some of them are in college and it's scary to, to see how much, you know, time's passed from it. But I'm hoping just a little bit of me being a hard ass on them for yeah. those coaching practices made them think that, 
You know, if I put my mind to something, I can get it done. I need to stop slacking around. You know, I can do this. And I hope they think that, you know, Coach Brittany, she yelled at me so much. I don't want to run suicides over this. You know, I just need to get my head down, go to work, and I can I can get things done. So not to say that coaching practices put discipline into kids, but I really hope that was kind of the role that I could play because yeah. I had a co-coach, and she was the nice she was a good cop. I was always bad cop. I was the discipliner. So, you know, I think I built a better relationship with them than mm. she did because they respected me because I wasn't going to put up with their crap. Mm. And I think that was the first time they were like, oh, okay, so how do I win your love? Yeah. And it's like you by being good. Excellent. And speaking of causes you believe in, you, you uh, said you recently built a website for someone. Talk to us about that. Yes. So my company, although we specialize in the trade services, we really do love giving back. So we've actually, uh, it was a year ago, we helped a uh, small nonprofit here called Dogs Helping Heroes. And it is an awesome cause. Check them out, dogshelpingheroes.org. What they're doing is they're helping partner pets, dogs, with mil- or veterans, mm-hmm. military veterans who need the support and uh, I've we had the honor actually at one of our networking events getting to meet someone who met a dog, and the way he described what that dog has done for him, it it, it like literally I don't want to cry now because it's one of those things where it's like wow like here's someone who's given so much of their life, mm-hmm. and we're just all we can do is give them a dog first off, but it <laughs> like, transforms their life. But it transforms right? their life, you know. Yeah. Like I'm so glad that something like that can give them. I mean, he was married, he had a partner. But this dog was a support role that his wife doesn't have to feel like she has to take on every day. Mm-hmm. He has a support. He has a love. So that was an awesome partnership that we got to do. And honestly, we've we've had a few different types of dog uh, element nonprofits we've worked with. So I guess we're really into pets. You're branching out into the <laughs> yes. pets. Okay, good. Pets and trades is, I guess, what we're looking for. But Excellent. yes, those things fill our heart to kind of help because the biggest thing we're trying to do with that website is get them as many donations as possible. And so when they're getting more donations, they can help more people. That's that's what warms our hearts up as much as possible. Excellent. While we're talking about that subject, we both uh, want to thank all of our military, active, and uh, veterans, our first responders, and their families for for what they do. So we can do things like this. They're out there protecting us uh, to make that possible. Well, thanks, Brittany. I think we're going to wrap things up here today. Again, it's Brittany Marketing Murphy now to be referred uh, (laughs) as going forward with One Thing Marketing. That's onethingmarketing.net. I'm your host, Digital David Snyder. Thank you for listening to the Respect the Math podcast, and we'll see you next time.